Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back. Way back, 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 way back, way back, oh my back, 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 More hit and run Sunday mornings from 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score. With the entry to Tyler Freeman, an opportunity now to get Rokio a, a better look up here. Swung on, and that's lined to right, sinking fast, and it gets down for a base hit. On his way to second is Rokio. He slides safe at second base. They're not going to challenge that. I think they are challenging the safe call at second base. Oh, they're challenging that. Watch at the very end of this. He knocked his hand off with the glove, and Malachi Moore in the rotation there with the call. After the review, the call in the field is overturned. The runner is out. That would be your leadout man at second base to go ahead and run. Now he gets pushed off. And, and he's going to go tell Malachi Moore that exactly. Yes. All right. So that is a play from two nights ago in the White Sox and Cleveland game where Tim Anderson um, fielded a throw 
and tried to get the player Rokio to tag him out at second base. Player was safe, but Tim kind of pushed the hand of Rokio off the bag. And the White Sox decided to challenge and try to get it overturned. And if you were watching Bonetti and Stone, they were like, well, you're not really allowed to do that. But I guess it's worth a shot. I get it from Tim's perspective. Might as well try. And I guess you gotta. I guess you gotta try to uh, to to have that uh, reviewed if you're Pedro. And then the umpires, for some reason, allowed that and called him out, overturned the call, and it was absolute garbage. Terry Francona went out there, argued. This is Friday night. Got kicked out. So that's backdrop for what happened in the immediacy of last night's brawl. It's 670 to score. It's hit and run with me, Matt Spiegel. Lots of Cubs in the last couple hours of the show. But this hour, I want to talk with you, um, both Cub fans and White Sox fans, um, about everything that's going on. And the fight is like, look, it's leading ESPN. It's at the top of MLB.com. It's crazy. And in this town, we know Tim Anderson very well. And he got knocked out. He got knocked out cold. You know, I I scored the fight, um, a, a, a knockout for Jose Ramirez in Cleveland, but that's not technically true because he did get up. So a texter earlier said that first round has a knockdown, and it's 10-8, 10-8 Cleveland. Uh, round two is when the, the manager, Grafol, and um, the third base coach is at Sarbaugh, the Cleveland coach, and DeMarlo Hale and, and, and Tito Francona are all out there, and they're yelling, and that's more a war of words than anything. But because of the way that Tito handled it after the game, as opposed to Pedro, and after all, he is the OG is Tito, that round goes 10-9 to Cleveland. Round three is when T.A. runs back out of the clubhouse after being forced into the clubhouse and, and seems like he wants some more. And eventually, Andrew Vaughn has to pick him up and carry him for 30 yards. Back to the dugout again in the clubhouse again. And during all of that, Eloy Jimenez gets stepped on and gets hurt. So that is another takedown. Call it 10-8 again there in round three. A dominant decision in favor of Cleveland. Meanwhile, the White Sox play Cleveland again. It's this morning. It's the Peacock game. They start within an hour. Can you check the lineup on that? I know that Tim Anderson is not in the lineup. Sean Sears is checking. Pedro Grifol this morning said that Tim Anderson had a planned day off. And Pedro again declined to talk about the fight as he did last night, which is soft. I'm sorry. That is soft stuff. I mean, give voice to your ball club. Is Eloy in the lineup? I can't imagine that he is. So they don't have a lineup yet. Uh, Cleveland has their lineup out. Sox do not yet. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. All right. Well, we we can check on the Twitters and, and see what we can find out as soon as it crosses. But no TA. And if there is no Eloy, I mean, God, it, it it's it's crazy. The Sklar Brothers, I'm a big fan of the Sklar Brothers, stand-up comics, sports guys. They used to have the Cheap Seats was their show. Now they have Dumb People Town with my friend Daniel Van Kirk. And um, they just tweeted that Jake Paul will face Jose Ramirez in November in Las Vegas in uh, the next fight because the shorty of Jose Ramirez knocking Tim Anderson down and out with a vicious right hand is making the rounds this morning like crazy. All right, what do you got for the White Sox lineup? Is Eloy in it? 
Eloy is in it. Okay. He's batting fourth and DHing. Good. Okay, so he must have just had his foot stepped on, and he's not hurt in any sort of larger way. Um, before we get to your calls, listen to Jose Ramirez um, through the translator talking about why he was upset with Anderson. Because if you're just watching the play, you're not seeing a lot. You're seeing T.A. stand <clears throat> above Jose Ramirez after he slides in safely. And that had kind of a kind of a Patrick Ewing, Scotty Pippen look to it for a moment with Scotty making Patrick look at his crotch as he stood above him after posterizing him. But it wasn't really that bad. So was it enough? Was it the play from the other night? Here's Jose Ramirez, who's been upset, apparently, with the way Tim Anderson has tagged players. I think he's been disrespecting the game for a while. It's not from yesterday, but from before. And I've been having the chance to tell him during the game, don't do this stuff, that's disrespectful, don't start tagging people like that, because in reality, we're here trying to find ways how to provide for our families. And when he does the thing that he does on the basis, he can get somebody out of the out of the game. So for me, I was telling him to stop doing that. And then as soon as the play happened, he tagged me again really hard, more than needed. And then he just, his reactions like he said, I want to fight. And, I, and if he wanted to fight, I just had to de- uh, defend myself. Wow. So he said he even talked to him during the game. Hey, man, don't tag people like that. We're all out here just trying to work. So thinks the TA is tagging people hard and disrespecting the game. Wow. More from Jose Ramirez. Upset with TA for the tag play on Rocchio that I played you earlier on in the segment. Did this lead from last night, Jose, about the play at second base when he pushed uh, Rocchio off the second base? Yeah, he's been saying he's been doing that, but also yesterday was a reinforcement. And what bothered me is that he's using you know younger guys at Rocky, new to the league, recently called up, so he may not react like that. So obviously, when he did it again, and then his first reaction is like, "I want to fight." At that point, I have to defend myself. So upset that it, to a younger player like Rocchio, TA's doing that. So that's why Jose Ramirez, as the leader of that Cleveland team, decided to step up and say something to TA. And then so he does step up and say something. And he says something when he's lying on the ground, and then T.A. squares to fight. Does that thing where he looks like the Notre Dame logo, and then the fight is on. I, I, Jose Ramirez says he's never been ejected, ever, from a game? Jose, you ever been, I can't remember you ever getting kicked out of a game. Yeah, never been ejected. I mean, even when I get frustrated with the umpires, I try to take that down on myself in the dugout. Nothing, always respecting because I love this game. I respect this game. And these are circumstances that I don't want to disrespect the game. I just want to play the game. That checks out. The man has never been ejected from a Major League Baseball game until Tim Anderson challenged him to a fight. And then he fight with him and knocked him out. And then got ejected. Way to make good use of, uh, of your moment. Uh, Jose Ramirez says he thinks he was able to land one punch. Did you see? We got no already. I just want to make sure we get down, didn't you? You saw that you landed one. I felt I was able to land one. Yeah, they're, they're, it's ha, 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 ha. Because Tom Hamilton went, down goes Anderson because that is true. And then Terry Francona said, you know, it's not funny. But when you hear Hammy, and that, of course, means that it is funny. Give people the short Tom Hamilton one, one more time. It's too good. Sean Sears hustling as I live produce the show through a microphone to the other side. Head first slide, safe, and in the score is Jimenez. And another hustle double right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and... Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down 
That is a knockout. I'm sorry. I know I scored it 10-8 with the knockdown, but it's really, whew, goodness. He was toast. Let's let's go to the phone lines. What does the future hold for Tim Anderson the rest of this year as the uh, White Sox, as a team, would like this season to be over? It is not. Gator Dale, you're on Hit and Run this morning with me, Speaks. What's up? Hey, Speaks, i got to ask a question. Do you know if uh, the Hawk drove from uh, Granger, Indiana, uh, 250 miles to uh, Cleveland to check on uh, <laughs> like he did uh, Frazier? I don't know. I don't think he would, sadly. I, I mean, you knew you were talking about how Jake Paul, you know, versus Ramirez. I got something a little bit better, actually. A WWE um, SmackDown with uh, maybe, uh, you know, uh, Ramirez and Ordor versus Batista and PA. Oh. And you'd have like a Greg Nettles uh, versus, you know, George Brett coming on in. And then top it off with a Ventura and uh, Nolan Ryan. And then you could have a special guest like an Undertaker come in like uh, Kyle Farns <laughs> to stop the crowd. Oh, God. This is where we are already. We're putting together uh, our mock fight cards for baseball battles. A lot of good references in there. Rugnet Odor just destroyed Jose Batista. That's an all-timer. This one is going to live on, people. I mean, and, and because it also represents a lot. It represents the ugliness of the White Sox at the moment and how as the window closes has turned from a soap opera into a boxing tragedy. It's like, it's like we're watching Cinderella Man, you know? Or uh, uh, what, what's the one I love so much with, with Hillary Swank where she, I don't want to give it away, no spoilers, the Clint Eastwood movie. It's, my, it's my, one of my favorite boxing movies, and I can never remember the name. Uh, but, you know, it, it turned into a boxing tragedy. And, and it's going to live on because Jose Ramirez is the guy who is the emblem of Cleveland excellence, sustainability viability and class and respect all around ball player million dollar baby is what i'm looking for this turned into million dollar baby dude when they were like saying like an anderson's coming out all i could think of is like is that john cena's music oh god (laughs) it was just insane sure it was incredibly embarrassed and what a horrific way for for the night to end and and uh, for that to stand but my god And Jose Ramirez is a full-on superstar with multiple top five MVP finishes who runs the bases and plays defense like a champ. He's everything the White Sox are not and have not been over this rebuild and into this supposed winning window. So it represents a lot. Owen is in Willowbrook and is now on 670 The Score on Hit and Run. Good morning, Owen. Good morning. Hey, I thought that was a great call by Hamilton channeling Howard Cosell with the Don Gloves Frazier. All-timer. Um, it, almost, it almost reminds me, it, Anderson reminds me of a former boxer by the name of Dwayne Bobbick that turned pro and he got knocked out twice in the first round. And, uh, and Johnny Carson said that Dwayne Bobbick replaced the gong on the gong show. Well, that's what Anderson looks like. <laughs> oh, God. And, 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 and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this right now. That uh, I think Anderson, if you look, he's had issues with other players in the league. 
and I don't think he's a well-liked guy throughout the league. And um, you know, you know why he's still on the White Sox and not not traded. I I, I put that on hand. And I, I think it was basically the best hit Anderson has had all year. Oh. And uh, I oh. think I think he should. I think he really should be. Uh, I really think that Anderson should be gone from this team. Thank, thank you, Owen, for the call. Um, he got in a lot of one-liners and a lot of takes in his call. That's a, that's a good, solid use of your time. Um, it's not the best hit he's had all year. He does have one home run. He's got one home run, and he's been knocked out once on the year. Those numbers are even. Folks, you never want those numbers to be even. Pro tip, uh, if you're a Major League Baseball player, you don't want the number of times you've been knocked out cold on the field to equal your home run tally in a given season. Not what you're looking for. TA has started to play much better, hit much better, and it, it sure does feel like he should have been traded. I thought he was going to be. A lot of people did. Our guy John Morosi was very surprised that he was not, not there. Man. Texter says, Jose Ramirez acted like an absolute jerk last night at second base. If you're just looking at the situation in a bubble, and that's the same thing that my son said this morning. We watched the highlight. And the Rubester, right, Rube? You watched it, and you're like, why is he so upset? I don't think that's something you'd be that upset about, right? It's just Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, you shouldn't be that upset, right? Yeah. Thank you. Dynamite dropping. The, um... But but there's more. There's context to it. There's backstory. There's there's all sorts of stuff. So because right, Rue, like you look at it and just in a bubble, that one moment, somebody's standing above you. What should you do if you're Jose Ramirez? Well, um, I'm not saying like he was making the wrong decision or anything because it could. They were. You could see them talking. They yeah. may have. Tim may have said something, but. Uh, if he didn't say anything, I would have been like, okay, uh, maybe you were just realizing what had happened and it took you a second longer than uh, it took me. Well, yeah, it's because you're a kind and empathetic soul. You'd, you'd, if you were Jose Ramirez, you would have give, given Tim Anderson the benefit of the doubt. Um, I get it. Jose Ramirez did not. And, you know, it's just so white socks and i saw i think it was jim margulis of socks machine tweet out the quote from michael kopech you guys see what michael kopech said michael kopech said um i want to i want to get the exact quote because it because it's too good because kopech was talking about how cleveland has no business just no business um you know being uh talking smack right so tension had been building, says Daryl Van Scowen in the Sun-Times, between Cleveland and the White Sox in the last couple series. And Michael Kopech said, in division baseball, you see a lot of each other. There's been a lot of mouthing. We're not playing our best baseball right now. We're also not going to get bullied by a team that's playing under 500. Tempers flared and things happen. That's from Kopech. And Jim Margulis called it the most American League central quote. That's pretty funny. Look, I get it from Kopech's perspective. I even get it from, from T.A.'s perspective. I mean, it's a terrible season. You want the slaughter rule called on your year. You want, you want your parents to take you to Dairy Queen and then put this season to bed, put the whole year to bed. I understand, but you can't. you got to keep playing. So they won. They won the game. But uh, 
that Tim Anderson fight and the melee that followed is going to be remembered for a long, long time, unfortunately for him. More of your phone calls this hour. Top of the hour, Cliff Floyd. And top of the hour, we'll be broadcasting live on the Marquee Sports Network. So you can watch us. You can watch me do the show um, on Marquee starting at the top of the hour. I think we're on there for all of the 11 o'clock hour from 11 to noon. Alex Cohen later on in the 11 o'clock hour as well, the voice of the Iowa Cubs, to talk about uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, who's there. We're talking some Pete Crow Armstrong. Uh, Matt Mervis, who's there. I have questions about Matt Mervis, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. But... Before that, it's you, your phone calls, me, Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run, and Chris Kampka in about 25 minutes on 670 The Score. We're back with more Hit and Run. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. On 670 The Score. No crying. And it's sort of a macabre twist to all this. Oscar Gonzalez walks up to SpongeBob SquarePants. Just a little bit for the kids after all that. And here's the first one back underway. It's fouled just to our right. And just what Tom Hamilton wants over there is a souvenir after calling 18 minutes of fight night. How about that? All of that that we just saw. Yeah, it was. Uh... It was unusual, certainly. That is as long and as multifaceted of a brawl as you will see in this current state of Major League Baseball. Well, it broke out a couple of different times. Yeah, that's good context there from Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. I'm sure I'm not doing a completist job and kind of recapping everything that went on. And not just the blow by blow, but like the 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 attitude by attitude, the edge by edge, the machismo that was going on there. Like, what is Grafol yelling about? And why does Demarlo Hale and, and 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 other coaches on Cleveland start yelling back at Grafol? And then you've got Grafol after the game, not wanting to talk about the fight. MLB will sort it out. And this morning, also not wanting to talk about the fight. And that's a sign of a guy who knows that his group is the one that embarrassed themselves the most. You've got White Sox fans texting in saying, you're being too kind to Cleveland in this. You're being too kind to Cleveland. Why? Because I'm praising Jose Ramirez as a dude who's never been kicked out of a game and has played with integrity for his entire career. That part is undeniable. Was he aggressive last night over as what our call screener said was not a lot of, uh, of, uh, of of egging on by Tim Anderson? Yes. Is there context to it? Yes. Not just the night before. It's the rivalry between these two teams. It's the fact that Ramirez had already talked to Tim Anderson during the game about the tags. And then T.A. just still didn't respect Jose Ramirez as he's trying to talk to him after sliding in. It's all of that. So we will have to see what is going on. As things develop. And uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, Chris Camp in about 15 minutes. Going to be uh, some, uh, some, a lot of Cubs talk at the top of the hour with Cliff Floyd and much, much more. But let's take your phone calls. Stan is in Bellwood. And Stan, did you watch that fight? Did you, did you hear Tom Hamilton? Did you, did you take it all in as it all coalesced into some thoughts on a Sunday morning? <laughs> I did indeed take it all in, Speaks. Um, 
Listen, I've been telling you since the White Sox were 9-22 and 22 that they were knocked out of contention. Uh, but there can't there can't be any doubt now, can it? You believe me now, don't you? I, I, Stan, I got it. Thanks, T.A. Yeah, I got it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, uh, I would love to have T.A. back here. But, um, and I don't think it was his intent to initiate a brawl. But um, once you take off your gloves, uh, and you engage a guy like you want to throw down with him, and you throw the first punch, you can't get knocked out. Come on, man. <laughs> um, uh, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, like, like you, you, you're, talking about, you're talking about the pride hit here, right? the, rep, the reputation hit. Here, the uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, Gabe Ramirez, uh, my colleague here at the score, who's doing a great job covering Lollapalooza on Hulu this weekend. I'm really, really happy for Gabe. Gabe stuck his head in and says, how does Tim Anderson go back on a baseball field after that? Well, this, yeah. This year? You know, well, he, he, and then he wouldn't take the L, you know, he, he came back out there for more. Yeah. Uh, and it looked to me like he was in a concussed state. Um, yes. He just totally embarrassed himself here. Uh, and I just cannot empathize. Uh, I, I expected him to be traded. I was calling for it. I thought the uh, the White Sox, you know, waited too long to even start thinking about it. Um, I knew that they wouldn't get much for him. You know, it looks like they're you know pretty much stuck with him now. But, um, I, you know, as much as I would like to <laughs> yeah I, I just there's no defense plus also Steve um he's a right-handed guy that lined up in a left-handed stance I mean he left his, the entire left side of his face exposed and Ramirez <laughs> took advantage of it I mean there's just not you can't oh. you can't defend him on any level oh. there. I'm just, uh, <laughs> it's just a bad deal yeah all the way around and uh I disagree with Terry Francona. I, I think it's funny. Oh, man. See, but he, Francona does think it's funny. He says it's not funny, but that's because he knows it's funny. I mean, he said, listening to Hammy, listening to Tom Hamilton. You know, you know what's amazing about this moment here? This is allowing all of us to break out what's left of our boxing conversation chops. Like... I, I gave you a Glass Joe reference in the first uh, hour of the show. I struggled to remember the name of my one of my favorite boxing movies, Million Dollar Baby. Um, I told you that the umpire backing away to be the the boxing referee gave you that Mills Lane kind of look. Like like all this is you get a chance to break out the references. I dropped Dempsey and Tunney at Soldier Field. Right? And talking about this more than 100 years ago. Stan's there talking about you can't lower that left hand and leave yourself open to that. And how he just, he wouldn't take the L. I mean, all of us are really getting a chance. Like, so what's what's Tim? Tim's a, a welterweight. I mean, that's a good athlete. That's a solid, solidly well-built guy. Um, could you look up... What is the welterweight parameters for weight? Because he reminds me, I, maybe he's he's a lightweight. He's certainly not a flyweight or a bantamweight or anything like that. 
But I'm betting that Tim Anderson, not a heavyweight. Heavyweight is 200 or 205, something like that. I'm betting he's a welterweight. We're looking at, um, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard era, Wilfredo Benitez kind of stuff. And Jose Ramirez is a little thicker and stockier, but he's shorter. So maybe it was a pretty even tail of the tape on that one. Welterweight is 140 to 147, apparently. Oh, wow. That's light. And that's welterweight? Apparently, so, that feels wrong, right? Woo, that feels light. How about middleweight? Maybe, middleweight is 154 to 160. Uh, I think TA's bigger than that. I think he's probably like 180. Is he a light heavyweight? Yeah, he might. Er, he might be he a light, might be, light heavyweight. That's what Michael Spinks was before he moved up in class and got his ass kicked. Maybe a cruiserweight. I'm not quite sure. Uh, he, couldn't, he could be. But so, yeah, see if you can get me tail the tape between Jose and, uh, and Tim before uh, the end of the segment. Excellent work. Thank you, guys. This is the important stuff, as you can tell. Ron is on the south side and is uh, on 670, the score. Hello, Ron. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, if this, team, if this is not the most embarrassing organization in baseball, not only are they bad, they're embarrassing. But look here, and uh, I, I agree with you, my favorite manager, Terry Francona, he kind of let me down um, in that year. Uh, 16 a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that happened to you. Yeah, wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. But, <laughs> but look here. Talking about adding insult to injury, he said, we will not be bullied by a team under 500. That's what Did Michael Kopech that? that's said. That's what Kopech yeah. said. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. But, guys, look here. I mean – Steve, I, I, and I heard what you said earlier that they just wish they could just the slaughter rule. I mean, what else can go wrong with yeah. with, with 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 this team? Just so that's it. Now I just said just simply an embarrassment, man. And that call by the Cleveland radio guy, man. Yeah, classic, classic, classic. Wasn't predicting it. Just called it just like that. And you know what? Tim needs to get out of here, Speed. It's half a they need. I wanted him to be traded by the deadline. But you know what? They need to just go ahead and get his, his, his time is done here. So thanks, Speed. Wow. Thank you, Ron. Ron is a hardcore, longtime White Sox fan who has lived and died with this thing for a long, long time, well before the, the rebuild. And for him to just say flat out, Tim's got to go, man. T- Tim's got to get done and got to move on. Yeah, that is a change of scenery guy waiting to happen. I think he would have helped a team in these last couple of months. I think he wanted to go. I believe that he said, I hate it here, and not I hate the pitch clock. I believe he said I hate it here earlier on in the season. But even if he didn't say it, you can tell that's the case. And the thing has been rotten for a long, long time. Um, some Cubs news. Caleb Killian is at Wrigley Field. So Justin Steele is starting today. But interesting, with Javier Assad and his performance yesterday, they don't want to go spot start again for Marcus Stroman. But it's interesting that it would be today for Caleb Killian. Maybe Caleb Killian will be insurance if they need a long man today or a mop-up man today. David Ross will speak a little later on this morning. We'll let you know what he says. But Caleb Killian is indeed at Wrigley Field. This is Ben in Queens on 670 The Score. Good morning, Ben. 
Beegs, I love you. I have baseball thoughts, but I this is the moment where we have the conversation about Teofilo Stevenson, who <laughs> Muhammad Ali called the greatest boxer he'd ever seen. Yes. Three-time three time Olympic champion, uh, three-time Olympic champion. He didn't get to go to the 1984 Olympics, but he beat Terrell Beegs in February that year and broke three of his ribs, who was the gold medal championship. Yeah, I, re- I remember I remember Tyrell Biggs, and I remember Teofilo Stevenson. He was he was the dude. Every four years, you'd see him, and you'd complain that Cle- that Cuba didn't let him come to the uh, the States and fight. Well, no, he didn't complain. He said he, he said the love of 11 million Cubans was much more than any money that would ever pay him. Oh, that's, that's I beautiful. That, I would complain. No, I, I would complain. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, this is the difference in mindset. Um, but listen, Teofilo Stevenson is famous for one thing, and it's a saying, and it's crazy wackamadoodle, but all Cubans cite him, and it's this. La técnica es la técnica, y sin técnica no hay técnica, which literally means technique is technique, and without technique, there's no technique. And Tim Anderson, you don't have technique. You don't have technique at anywhere playing in shortstop. He should not be a shortstop, okay? Mm-hmm. Anyway. My baseball thoughts, Keith Law, I finished the inside game. I read it again. I got smart baseball. I have three things on the Cubs. One thing, he mentioned Etienne Bokhari and his projections. And I know you had Hoyer on with you guys, and Hoyer sheepishly admitted that their projections were better than Fangraphs. You know, Danny was saying, isn't this what you're supposed to be? Etienne Bokhari, one thing he does is he tweaks with players who've made adjustments. And I'm wondering if he looked at the adjustments that you talked about with Bellinger might have been one on that. More on Bellinger on point three. Going to point two, the bullpen. You don't spend money on bullpen. And the Cubs have the Cubs have figured this out. In the past four or five years, they have taken also runs. If you look at Tapera, if you look at Chafin, their best years with the Cubs, they had the best, the highest war, the best area, the best whip. Uh, Robertson was on the decline from 2018. They turned him into a Ben Brown. Scotty Efres, they turned him into uh, Wisniewski. Everybody on that payroll, there's Fulmer at $4 million and Boxberger at $2 million. Everybody else is $720,000 to $850,000. Mm-hmm. And the bullpen come around from June 9th is a big part of this, and the Cubs have figured it out. You don't spend money on this. Now, the third is Bellinger. And Keith Law mercilessly attacks anybody who doesn't put their best batter at second. Okay, Aaron Judge bats second. Shohei Otani bats second. Uh, Freddie Freeman bats second. The NL reigning MVP, Qual Goldschmidt, bats second. You put Bellinger at second. You have you have two great players, uh, uh, two great options at the top with Hap and Talkman, 37% and 38% on base. Three through five, you have all these great high OPS players in big slug with Swanson, Candelario, Morrell. Etc. I did the math this morning. The Cubs' accumulative nine-spot OBP is 332. Speaks okay. Mm. Horner is 328, <laughs> and Suzuki is 328. They should not be batting at the top of the lineup. Yeah, he's on fire. Ben in Queens is on fire. Um, you know, it's interesting. If you look at first inning runs, the Cubs are very, very low, and the Braves, their opponent, are stratospheric. And I talked about that on Friday's post uh, Cubs uh, defeat. On Parkins and Spiegel, because when you know when you've got Acuna, who's having maybe the best leadoff season in the history of baseball, and then you get to Olson there at three, and Albies is great, and and right away you're you're, you're off and running. I mean, it's a powerful thing to score first. Teams that score first win more than like sixty four percent of the games this year in MLB. So yeah, having your best production up top 
is is certainly something that maybe they should be thinking about organizationally, and maybe Bellinger should be hitting second. I'll go ahead and grant that. I will go ahead and flatly grant that. I do love, though, that he has every club in his bag, as J.D. and Boog have been saying, and in a run production position, he will do what he needs to do. Caleb Killian is up and is with the Cubs. We will talk about that in our next hour quite a bit. Um, The Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago is coming up next. Our guy, Chris Kampka. The headline of the morning is the Tim Anderson-Jose Ramirez fight and a call that will go down with legend. We can play the long one. Go ahead and grab the long one if you want. I mean, because Tom Hamilton, the radio voice of the Cleveland Guardians, with this call, and then you'll hear Terry Francona talking about how it's not funny right after on the score. Head first slide, safe, and in the score is Jimenez. And another hustle double right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Ramirez went in with a head first slide. Hosey never gets upset about anything. They came up chewing. Anderson squared off. Hosey decked him. You know, it's not, it, it's really, it's not funny, but when I came in, I'm listening to Hammy, it's hard not to chuckle. I mean, it's, but, you know, again, it's not funny, but boys will be boys. The Stereo MCs help us get Chris Cam connected every Sunday morning here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. We welcome the man from NBC Sports Chicago, the Sultan of Stat himself, to the Score Hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Mr. Kamka, sir, how are you? I'm just worried I won't have anything to talk about. (laughs) There's, There's stuff. There is always, always stuff. I, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, Tim Anderson has unfortunately the same number of home runs as knockouts received on a baseball field. That's never. Uh, I don't know stats like you do, but that's not a number you want to have at this point. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> not. Yeah. What a night at the old ball yard yesterday. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I know it. Uh, but what what do you got? You always come with good, interesting stuff for both sides of town to talk about where these ball clubs are at this particular moment in time. Well, yeah, we'll start with last night since we're already there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sir, there's more that went on just besides, you know, the infamous incident. Uh, it was the first time ever the White Sox had two guys in the same game with a homer and two steals, Robert and Andrews. So that's fun. That's one quick note there. But then, of course, all right. So, yeah, Anderson was was the White Sox shortstop, who was right standing near second baseman Elvis Andrews, who was at the Odor versus Bautista fight because Andrews was the shortstop and Odor was the second baseman. Furthermore, 
the Jays bench coach was one DeMarlo Hale. Uh-huh. So, I mean, all, and, and we're, and you know, it's one, one day, <clears throat> one day off the 30th anniversary of the infamous Ryan Ventura match. And I mean, it's just, there's a lot of this weird stuff, you know, you just, you're just going to look back at this years later and just, it's amusing. It was entertainment. Yeah, you know? you know what I you know what I worry about honestly, and that's you know as we're all getting our boxing uh, analysis chops on, and and you know, but that's also that's good stuff from you in terms of the uh, the the fight, the tangential people involved, and and sharing the field. But Robin Ventura hates being remembered for getting the head noogies from Nolan Ryan. He hates it. And he he refused to comment on it in the Nolan Ryan documentary, and I, I'm worried that Tim Anderson is going to have to remember this and have to realize that he's going to be remembered for this among among many other things. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not because he's had such a great run with the White Sox so far. I mean, batting title, um, the walk off home run at the Field of Dreams is an unforgettable moment. Uh, there was the infamous bat flip after he homered against Kansas City a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean that that charged the ballpark up. Yeah, it's just moments that you rally behind a guy. Yes, uh, and so I, I don't think this. You know, I I don't think this is in the grand scheme of things. I hope not. Um, I mean, and, and after the game, they spoke to Elvis Andrews on the field, who's been part of this. As I mentioned before, he's been part of an event like this. He goes, "Boys will be boys." Yeah, and and that's a guy who. Who knows? He, he's been there. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully he'll he'll talk with Tim a little bit. We'll we'll, we'll be okay. I think. I, I, uh, I, I, I think. I, I think this will. I think this is going to end up sadly being remembered as sort of the end for TA, unless uh, un, unless he does stay and they pick up the option next year and there's a big uh, a big shift in in what happens. But if he goes away in the off season for whatever reason. I think this will sort of be remembered as the period at the end of the sentence, unfortunately. But that, that's for another time. History will, uh, will, will tell its tale. Um, what, what else you got, Sarah? There's, there's, a, there's a good team in town. I don't know if you're aware. Are they on the other side? Yeah, well, uh, let's go back to earlier in the week. Um, by the way, I enjoyed hear, hearing uh, Talkman uh, earlier with his, with his infamous talk-off, is what I call it, um, <laughs> Where he cut, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I like it. I like. Um, I like that. I like it. The talk off. The uh, Cubs scored sixteen game, sixteen or more runs in consecutive home games. It's the first time they ever did it at Wrigley Field, and I'm talking about August first and second against Cincinnati. It's the first time they've ever scored sixteen or or fifteen or more, for that matter, in consecutive games at Wrigley Field, and they've been there since 1916, which is incredible. But you have to go all the way back to July of 1894 find the last time that they scored 16 or more runs in consecutive home games period it was at the west side grounds okay they did it against the pirates and the pirates had just a few years earlier become named pirates because they quote stole a player from philadelphia the athletic or the american association named lou beerbauer who was in the lineup so the guy who actually gave the Pirates their nickname, more or less, was in the lineup that day. Um, the, the first game of those two against the Pirates, Connie Mack caught, and he didn't even start managing yet. I mean, just think about how far back we have to go for some of this stuff to appreciate it. It was the second year that the 60-foot-6-inch pitching distance was in play. So, wow. wow. I mean, it's a long time ago. Yeah. You have the guy in that game 
the, the Cubs' first baseman, Adrian Cap Anson, was in the first ever Cubs National League game. Wow, that 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 that's amazing. That that so that that's what we're talking about the 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 rarity of that offensive explosion that we watched um, takes you all the way back to 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 that time and that bit of chaos. That's great stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, eighteen ninety four baseball has nothing to do with twenty twenty three baseball, honestly. But we keep we've been keeping track of this stuff for so long, and it's like a, like you could look at points of history through baseball, like. You can compare 2023 to 1894 because baseball has been a constant throughout. It's, yeah. just, it's just insane. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yes. That's great stuff. Thank you, Chris. All right, Speaks. All right. Appreciate you. That's great. It's Chris Kampka. Find him on Twitter at C Kampka. White Sox and Cleveland will get going in about nine minutes. TA not in the lineup. Um, Eloy Jimenez is, if you saw him, injured. Last night, uh, during that fight, it was apparently because he got stepped on and it did not linger, and he's in the lineup playing designated hitter and batting fourth today. You have to keep going. You have to keep playing. You know, I find myself thinking of what Pat Hughes said in his Hall of Fame speech, and he said it before, the advice he got from Harry Carey. When you sign up for the job, you don't just sign up for the good times. You sign up for all of it. And that's one thing from the broadcast perspective, but it's another from the team's perspective. And as players and as coaches on that team, you have to realize that you are, you are uh, contracted and indebted to play out the rest of the year, try to play well, and keep your composure as best you can. Let's squeeze in a phone call here before we get going. This is Mark uh, in Indiana on 670 The Score. Hello, Mark. Good morning. Oh, Matt, we talked a few weeks ago about what was going to happen to trade day deadline. The Sox are probably going to move Lance Lynn, Giolito, and some pitching, and Stan Pat for next year. Of course, they made the burger trade, which was surprisingly uh, happened. I'm glad they did. Now, the, you're right. The White Sox have mailed it in, technically. you got to go on and finish it out. There's one guy who's putting all in, who's all in and wants to have a 150-game uh, baseball card and that's Luis Robert Jr., and he wants to fill out a baseball card for the next three years and, and take it to the bank on free agency, and I, I wish him well. He's the best center fielder in my life as a White Sox fan I ever saw. The hmm. only one close is Chet Lemon. Hmm. That's awesome. Mark, you enjoying watching him play every night? You still watching games even at this point in the year? Yes, I'm watching him. I'm keeping track of his numbers. I hope he gets that uh, – comes up to 40 home runs and 150 games. I hope uh, he, he had vertigo last year. I hope that's all taken care of, his yeah. injury. But but he is a one-man great center fielder. And we, in Chicago, we're fortunately to have two great center fielders in town at one time. And, of course, uh, Mr. Ballinger's versatile. He can play first. But they're each having great years, and it's great to see. You're right, Mark. It's nice to watch really good center fielders um, play the game uh, it, it, in that way. And Robert, it, it's crazy. You've been waiting and waiting for finally one of those years where he's healthy and he puts it all together. And here it is. And you don't have anything else. You don't have anything else to put with him. He's never played more than 98 games in a season before this. And now he's at 108 games. 
The OPS is up at 881, and he's got four hits in his last three games. July, pretty good. June was unbelievable. OPS over one in June. That is your source of joy. And I don't know how many are out there like Mark watching White Sox games looking for joy, but Luis Robert is a spot where it is available. That's for sure. Lots to come next hour. Cliff Floyd from the Marquee Sports Network. In fact, we're going to be live on Marquee starting in about five minutes. So tune in to Marquee Sports Network or you can keep it right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 